Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of Andrew and Andrew on Texas Criminal Defense. I am Andrew Harris. Hey, I've got good news. And that's Andrew Decker. What's that, my friend? We have surpassed 20,000 total downloads. My it's only taken goodness. us four and a half years. At this rate, we could retire in like 75 years. Yeah. Well, I mean, we have to start making money from this first. <laughs> Wait, we're supposed to make money on this? Yeah, man. Yeah. So, um, but hey, I, I do want to thank is great. all of our listeners and the people who follow us and the people who uh, uh, yes, make, send it, us. Make, make it worthwhile. Send us some feedback. Right. Follow us on Facebook. Listen to us. Follow us on Twitter. Because if this goes south, I'm going to have to take up calligraphy as a new hobby, and I'm not ready to do that. No, no, please, God, no. Uh, I, I can't I can't have conversations with you about, like, which color ink looks good with which swirly letter. Yeah. You know? yeah. I mean, it would all be purple, right? I'm assuming. Sure. I mean, purple is a great calligraphy it, color. It is a great calligraphy color, and we are near TCU, so I'd be okay with that. Sure. Since one of my kids went there for preschool, but... Man, speaking of... Uh, we're gonna step away from that now yeah right um yeah so please keep sending us stuff so andrew does not have to go off and learn some weird useless uh hobby um congratulations on <laughs> podcasting which is another you're on hobby. you are on quite a streak my friend well you are too and uh well we both had fairly good results i think yours is kind of record-breaking um yeah, a I mean, personal a, best. A, a 14 minute not guilty which is which is which always feels great. I'm sure your client loved that. Um and an interesting story, I guess fact pattern which we may get into in one of these other yeah, the next time. episode or something. Yeah, we talked about my last not guilty last time. So my, that's right. Two yeah, 45 days. And and, it, and it's funny I think as a defense attorney how we calculate these wins because my client was still convicted. It was a lesser included, but my gosh, the final disposition, the, we went to the judge for punishment and we beat the offer like by a mile. Um, so, good for you. you know, it's and good it's for a, your client. It's I'll a, watch some of that trial. You yeah. Well, thank you. I thank you. Um, and it was, man, talk about purple. Like that. I was, I was black and blue. Like that was for a DWI that was long and, and like rough to sit through. Um, well, but I am happy that that's over. I'm happy that, you know, we've had a productive week and we are speaking with with Portia Brown, who is just a, a really a bright star down in the Houston area. Is that yeah. right? Yeah, she's excellent. Met her um, this summer and uh, she recognized us. Um, and then we had an opportunity to have her on the show and we're going to let her introduce herself and tell us a little bit about who Portia Brown is. Awesome. Well, thank you both, Andrew and Andrew, and congratulations on your trial victories, uh, especially uh, beating the wreck and a 14-minute not guilty is uh, something to definitely be proud of. Um, so you. I'm a no problem. So I'm an assistant um, chief uh, public defender here in Harris County. Uh, I'm an assistant chief, meaning I supervise other public defenders. I have a team of about um, nine to 10 people right now, and that's probably going to grow pretty soon. You're so supervising I, nine to 10 attorneys? I am. In your office? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I don't even know nine or 10 attorneys. I mean, that would be, that's like partner <laughs> level stuff in the civil world. That's incredible. Portia. Yes. That's, that's, but, uh, yeah. Congratulations. But, that's great. Yeah, thankfully we don't have to do strict billable hours, no right. points calculation, so that's good. So, um, and you're in Harris County. How long have you been there? So I've been at the Harris County office for almost three years. Um, 
one thing I, you know, I've benefited from is this isn't my first public defender's office. I worked in the El Paso County public defender's offices for, uh, for more than four years. So I'm on year eight of being a public defender. Um, so yeah. That's awesome. That's great. And why, you know, why criminal defense, why criminal law? You know, it's interesting. Um, I've always been just one of those people that was like determined to just not judge people. Right. And I had my own family, ex- family who had experiences uh, with the system. And so I just always had an open mind uh, to this kind of world. And it, it might be the social worker uh, side of me. It's just, it's just been the best way to help people. You know, I mean, I can help someone within six months. I can help someone within a year. It's not like I have to wait forever to be able to help folks. Um, I've done uh, other jobs as a lawyer. I was a staff attorney for the Texas Civil Rights Project. I love that work, um, but it was impact litigation, so it took a lot of time. But in this job, I think the direct representation, being able to help folks who are different uh, or poor folks, which I've had my own experiences with that growing up. And I don't know, it just seems like it fit the most my personality. So, yeah. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I, I'm a, I think I'm the only one here. You have you haven't been a prosecutor, right, Portia? I have not ever, yeah. ever, ever been a prosecutor. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> no, I've I've been a prosecutor and I that's one thing that I really thought going into it that I was gonna be able to do is, you know, they always like to say like they serve the county and all this, but I didn't feel like I was helping anybody or or really felt like I was making any kind of difference. But I, I do feel that oftentimes as a defense attorney. Um, and so I, I definitely recognize that ability to, you know, really help somebody when they're at the lowest point in their life. Where are you, uh, were, you know, born and raised in Texas or where, where are you from originally? Oh, I'm a, I'm a true blue uh, Texan. I'm originally from Austin, Texas, um, which used to be the smallest, funnest town. And now it's this huge town that everyone talks about. And I used to think it was boring living there. So that's where I'm from. But I I like Houston. This is where I want to be. Minus the humidity. It's it's really great, y'all. <laughs> right. Yeah. And that alone is enough to keep me not in Houston. So I'll I, let you have it. I grew up in I grew up in Houston and I do love it. I love going down uh, there all the time. The food is wonderful. I think the traffic is not an issue that, uh, you know, in North Texas, where Decker and I live, people always complain about the traffic in Houston. And I'm like, you guys are insane. It's not it's not bad at all. But oh, um, yeah. No complaints here. Austin's yeah, traffic. I, I can't move back. I oh, Austin's traffic. Yeah, that's I'm a West Texas boy. I do not like the humidity and I don't like tall trees. They kind of freak me out. So Yeah, Andrew had <laughs> never seen an interstate until moving to the DFW Metroplex. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> wow. That is awesome. That is very cool. All right. So um, uh, how long have you... So you've been a public defender for eight years. How long have you been in practice? Um, So the whole eight years. Uh, I was... A, a staff attorney for Tech Civil Rights Project, and then moved on to being a public defender. And, and that's been my whole career thus far. Um, but, you know, within being a public defender uh, over the last eight years, it's also encompassed me also working in the community a lot, um, helping out with LGBTQ efforts as well. Uh, so this job has kind of taken on the face of a couple of different roles uh, for me. Uh, yeah, and we're, yeah, we're going to get into some of that. So in the public defender's office, right? Um, uh, I've never been in a public defender's office. We've had several public defenders on the on the show. What kind of cases do you or the ten attorneys you and you and the ten attorneys you help supervise? What kind of cases do you normally incur, and in what in your office? Yeah, so our so I'm actually I'm one of the chiefs in the felony trial division. Uh, so it means what it 
what it sounds like. Basically, we only take felonies, so state jails and above. Our office is not taking capital murders yet, but that could be something that we do in the future. We are one of the newest public defender offices in Texas, believe it or not, because we're the and, and we're the largest county. But essentially, uh, felonies, uh, my newer folks are only handling state jails in third degrees. Once they hit about five years, they can move on to do first degrees. Um, I am in the first degree world, which I love to be in. Uh, so I prefer the murders and the ag sex assault cases and the the, ton, the, the, the tough stuff, the aggravated kidnappings. Yeah, we have a few of those. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that <laughs> that, you know, that um is very, you know, intense, detailed work. Um, so how I guess is that is your whole team doing? Are you supervising all these lawyers that are representing on those very serious cases? Or is that just your personal caseload? That's my personal caseload, but I have gotcha. a team that's a mix. Um, so there's seven different teams. And so we have, I mean, our division is over 75 attorneys. So it's the largest uh, in the state. Um, and so they have a range, you know, I have brand new attorneys who are very eager and I'm very proud of them. I mean, they're, they're just ready to roll. They're like, Portia, can I sit on a murder second chair? I'm like, no, but you can sit at third chair. So <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll let you be in the room. I mean, that so, experience, yeah, is invaluable <laughs> for them. I don't blame them. Right. So l- let me ask a couple of questions about a PD officer. And we've asked other PDs. And again, I'm saying PD, we think police department, we're talking about a public but, defender's right. office. Yeah. Um, uh, in you have 75 attorneys in your office in that, in that public defender's office. How does that affect the attorney, the private practice attorney who's been taking cases off the wheel? Do they still get cases or do you now handle everything that comes through? That's not uh for hire. So I'm glad you asked that question because Harris County's public defender office is so different than other ones in the state. So within my division, it's, you know, I think we're probably 75 to, to 90 uh, would probably be a better range. But my office has other attorneys in other divisions. So we have an appellate division. We have a writs division. We have juvenile. We have a misdemeanor mental health. So we're probably around about 130 attorneys, if I had to just guess off the top of my head, maybe a little bit more than that, which is very different. You know, I came from a public defender's office that was just completely 45 attorneys and that was it. Right. Right. Um, We have more than that in just our division alone. So we only at right now uh, handle about 10 to 12 percent of the appointed cases, uh, the indigent clients here in Harris County that can't afford their own attorney. Um, so the private bar still has, you know, the other 90% of the indigent cases. They have implemented a MAC office here, which is managed assigned counsel to help, you know, help provide aid to those private attorneys. But that's on the misdemeanor side. I think, uh, I think there's some, maybe some counties in Dallas that have a MAC office too. Um, I'm currently on their board. Um, and I'm enjoying it a lot, seeing them grow uh, as an organization. So the indigent defense system in Harris County is it's it's booming. Uh it's booming, it's moving, and it's still very new, which is uh, a, such a surprise in such a big county, which I think is a good thing because we've been able to learn from how other counties have done it, you know, done it wrong and keep the stuff that's done that's done right. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, some of those other private attorneys down in Houston and Harris County have, have said nothing but good things about the Harris County PD's office. Right. Um so Fort Worth is now, I think, or Tarrant County is now the largest county without a PD office yeah. at this point. And one of the fears is, is that if we open one up, that all the appointed cases will dry up. And everything I've heard really kind of puts it at somewhere between that 85 and 90 percent of the cases end up not in the in the public defender office. 
for various reasons. Either they're conflicted out or there's just too many cases or they need someone to handle something that's bigger, you know, like a capital murder and your office doesn't handle those. Or in some places, the public defender's office are, is the only place and all they really handle are those yep. capital murders and yep. everything else goes back out to the public. Um, so there's no right or wrong way to do it, but I don't think it's something we have to be afraid of. And so I'm, I'm, I'm a semi advocate and and that makes me not necessarily a popular person in, in some of the defense world. <laughs> yeah. No, that's, I, you know, that's good. That's a good way to be because um, our office, we work uh, hand in hand with the private bar here. We provide trainings for the entire defense bar and, we do plan on increasing the amount of cases we take. I think the goal is to be double of what we are now. But again, we're still going to have we're still not going to have 100 percent. It will never be 100 um, percent. It'll likely max out at 45, 40 percent. But that'll be years from now. Um, so we provide resources to the defense bar here. And we work hand in hand. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not. I, I, There's some I'm with you. Considered our colleagues as, um, and partnering with them only helps. Folks. Yeah. So, um, uh, yeah, I'm with I'm with Decker in that it's not something that I uh, am fearful of. I don't take any appointments in Tarrant County, um, but I do have quite a number of uh, retained clients. And I just don't see that that line of business going away anytime soon. If anything, like with the population growth in Texas, it's, you know, it's just going to be um, there, there's going to be an abundance of work for those that want to work. Um, so. Portia, the, let's see here, the, uh, you know, what are, what are some of the things working in a PD throughout your career? You know, what are some of the things you like about, about that, about the structure of a PD office and, and, you know, you, uh, well, just general, what are, what are some things you like? I need to stop talking. Oh no, you're good. You're good. You, you're fresh out of trial, you know? Um, I was going to say that's an effective cross-examination question. Just (laughs) kind of ramble on until you don't have anything left to say. I I felt like a prosecutor there for whatever reason. The the person on the stand looks at you like, what the hell did he just ask? Yep. (laughs) Right. Right. Um, So one of the things that I, you know, I really enjoy is a team environment, the collaboration. Um, Ours is great because I literally can go down next door and talk to someone about a case, brainstorm, do all these things uh, in discussion, get a quick second chair who's ready to roll on a murder or a big trial, um, talk about different legal research, things that have worked for them. Um, and just always having that team environment, it makes it a lot of fun. You know, like I actually can say I go to work and I have fun. Um, and I don't know if a lot of people can always say that about their practice, um, but that's one of the benefits of being at a public defender office for sure, especially here. And let's talk about, I mean, yes, that, that I agree with you that just the camaraderie and the, the access to other attorneys, um, going through that, but I mean, you have a support staff, right. And you have, do you have investigators in the office? We do. So yes, we have, our office is focused on a holistic client centered approach. We want to take care of the entire person, not just the case. So we've got investigators, social workers, We even have civil attorneys on staff. We have immigration on staff as well. So we can really help people, which to me is one of the big things that drew me to the Harris County office, just the the abundance of resources. Yeah, that actually sounds pretty awesome. That does sound pretty (laughs) awesome. It it is very cool. (laughs) Yeah, that I mean, there's some, you know, you hear about some private firms that may have like uh, an investigator on retainer or something along those lines. But generally, if you're if you're out, on your own, you need an investigator. You got to clear that with the court and 
and, you know, provide a budget and all that kind of stuff can be a little bit cumbersome, but so that is nice. What about like, you know, on the flip side, what are some changes uh, you'd like to see if any? So, I mean, this isn't something that us as, you know, just line attorneys, public defenders that we can change. Um, that would, of course, be funding. I think that's a nationwide public defender issue is our funding. Um, thankfully, in Harris County, we have a commissioner's court that supports our work, which is, uh, you know, it's hit or miss in the country. Right. Um, but our funding, you know, more money for resources, more money for attorneys, more money for investigators, all those things could only uh, make us stronger than we already are. So I, I think that would be my biggest thing. Uh, I'm preaching the choir because I, I know other public defender offices suffer the same issues and um, I just more money will help. So, well, it's actually one of the things I think as I listen to other attorneys who take appointments and I, and, and I take appointments and, and um, it, it's not that any of us, I don't think anyone goes into prosecution or criminal defense work with the goal of getting rich, right? I mean, we, we right. know we're going to get paid well. We know we're going to make money. But if we want to be an attorney and get rich, go go do family law, go do civil practice, go do contracts. Those are the people that charge $500 an hour to write yeah. briefs and do not a whole lot of else. Um, we don't get paid as much. Yeah. Um. But it does become a sometimes a little bit defeating when when as, as well, right now we we see an inflationary push and our pay stays basically the same. And we see pub, the 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 even the prosecutors get raises. And recently we found out that basically we're getting the pay paid the same per hour that they have been for 25 years. That's defeating. Yeah, that's mentally defeating. And so you end up losing some of your uh, best and brightest because they can make money, they can make more money or they're not willing to work this hard for that, that, that fee. Yeah. And you know, there is money to be made in private criminal defense, but at least to be in a County that recognizes the need and tries to have some, uh, you know, try, tries to be as, well, I don't know. You tell me Portia is Harris County, like is the, um, pay scale for a public defender the same as a prosecutor? We aren't there. Um, we're not there yet. I don't think any public defender office in the state is there. And please, somebody correct me if I'm wrong, but I haven't quite seen that quite yet. Um, we are pushing for pay parity. Uh, our commissioner's court is definitely trying to fund us in general, and we've gotten increases. Uh, but again, you know, pay parity with the district attorney's office can be so hard, especially when they have increased revenue funds, you know, um, yeah. the ways they get money, I don't like, right. Asset forfeiture. I'm not a fan of that, you know, and it's For done sure. in ways that harm people and it's not the most constitutional constitutional. Um, but we, we don't have, we have strictly what commissioners court gives us. And of course they've got to pay attention to the taxpayers dollar as well. Um, but in general, I mean, it's just, I'm just so thankful that we have a commissioner's court that's willing to fund us. And we have the supporting of uh, TIDC, the Texas Indigent Defense Commission, who wants to see more public defender offices in Texas. So that's a benefit for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So you said, and one of the things you said, and, and you knew we were going to come to this at some point, that um, your being in the public defender's offices helped you or allowed you to be an advocate 
uh, for the poor and for LGBTQ. And I, and I follow you on Facebook. And so I know that that's something you're passionate about. Um, and, uh, some of our listeners know that my dad, uh, was gay. And I say was because he's passed away. He died a little over a year ago and I'm still a friend with his widower and see him on a regular basis. And I have a son who's gay. So it's a question that becomes important to me. Yeah. Um, so tell me about some of that that role or the role you're playing in Harris County on, on that front. Well, and, and thank you for sharing. And I'm sorry for your loss, but thank you for sharing that uh, with us today. Um, you know, it kind of, it's always just kind of ran hand in hand. Like I would say just me having this like thought process to like not judge other people kind of led me to be interested in number one, doing criminal defense work and also advocating for people like me, right? And so right now I'm the vice president of the Houston LGBT Political Caucus. So they uh, mainly uh, work on endorsing and supporting candidates who uh, support equality. Um, and so we want folks who are going to be in the legislature and folks that are on criminal and civil benches and all the benches um, supporting um, LGBTQ folks um, and one of the things that I think is really important and why I never turned down a chance to go and speak in the community is just speaking to people about what it's like to be LGBTQ and to be a professional, right? To be a criminal defense attorney. Because when I was younger, I just didn't really know how that looked. You know what I mean, guys? Like, I just was like, okay, this is who I am. What does that look like in a courtroom? What does that look like um, out in the community? And I wasn't quite sure. And so one of my big things is you know going to TCDLA and speaking and having other attorneys see like oh okay I can also be gay and be and defense attorney and you know be respected by my peers and not judge for who I love right so right yeah. yeah so one of one of the things that is amazing in you know like in my dad's lifetime and even in my lifetime is how far we have come yeah right so the when when my dad and his partner first got together, they had a ceremony, but it wasn't a wedding. It was, it was a wedding, but it wasn't a wedding. They weren't married. And then the law changed. So we've come a long way. Uh, but have you seen recently a, a push, we're going to say the, you know, the pendulum swing and have, has that affected, uh, the caucus in Houston? It has, um, it, wow. It, the swing is, has been a big swing. So, we, you know, when I was younger, I was 16, you know, 17 growing up, there was no gay marriage. Um, it was still something that I definitely wouldn't start a conversation about right. uh, openly. Um, and then gay marriage hit the year that I passed the bar, you know, and it was just like, wow, this is this is crazy. You know, you can actually get married. So it kind of uh, was a big, big success, of course, for all the work that all the advocates have done for the last 20, 30 years all the work that the Houston LGBT political caucus has done. Um, they're actually an organization that's been around since the 1970s. So they've been doing work in Houston to support, you know, pro equality candidates for 50 years. Um, and it's been a hard fight. And so that was one of the, the, the best moments. And so it, we had a great period. We were in the sky. We were, we were living yeah. it great. And all of a sudden the last two or three years, uh, as everyone knows, um, they have really came out and tried to attack transgender youth, transgender folks, LGBTQ rights um, and other rights, you know, uh, uh, abortion, all kinds of things, reproductive rights. And so it's all just coming down all at once, you know, uh, affirmative action. And it's and it's it's hitting the LGBTQ youth. Um, and it's it's saddening because we had just got to a point where we were, we were thinking, OK, it's safer. It wasn't you know, I wouldn't say it's been 
completely safe because everyone has a different experience, but we were getting there. And now we've taken quite a bit of steps backwards. So we're fighting to push us back in the right direction by making sure that we can um, have individuals in our courts, um, in our legislature. And thankfully, Harris County has that already and and, and adding more people who are aligned with um, those views. So, yeah. Yeah. So if I read correctly, uh, the basically what has been called the trans ban in Texas uh, was found to be unconstitutional at a federal level uh, just this week. Is that, have you seen that as well? So yeah, they, um, I believe it was um, Senate bill 12. I hope hope I'm quoting that number, right. But basically they were trying to get rid of any drag uh, performances. Um, They were considering treating drag as if it's a crime. I mean, drag has been around for before I was here, you know, I mean, yeah, I mean, so, yeah. yeah the the first what what we would call a drag show that I ever saw was in West Texas. It was a fundraiser for like the Rotary Club or Lions Club or you know some group like that and it was the men of that small town at the high school in you know and there were th- these were these were farmer rancher oil rig kind of guys yeah. and the banker in town and they're all dressed up and basically it was a beauty pageant but you back up and you go, that was a drag show. show. I mean, it yeah. they, they were dressed up as women trying to raise money. I, and you kind of go, that would technically now be illegal. Yeah. yeah. And, and that's, this was back in the 70s. I mean, it was a long time ago. And that's just how ridiculous all of this, all that that whole Senate bill is. Like, my dad was the same. Like, he's a, he's a conservative old white guy. And was involved. Why are you looking at me when you I'm, say conservative because, you white know, guy? You... You, well, you're not conservative, but <laughs> we shouldn't talk about politics on the, but anyway, but anyways, like he was in like a Catholic men's organization and a bunch of the men from that organization dressed up at, as nuns. And so the other, you know, a couple of weeks ago, I'm like, Hey, remember when you dressed up as drag when I was in middle school? And he's like, what are you talking about? And I was like, I have video footage of you dressed up as a nun singing like sister act songs on stage and everybody loving it. So yeah, that's awesome. But uh, Portia, I- can I, can I ask you a question that's like not on the itinerary? Let's do it. Okay. You know, I, with 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 this with um LGBTQ rights and equality kind of just always in the uh, uh just out there in the zeitgeist and people are always talking about it. You know, to be an effective ally, um what would like what would it take? Like what what, what could, you know, Andrew and Andrew do to be more effective in supporting equality in that way? Well, I think you're already doing it, right? I mean, I was really, really excited to hear that um, you guys invited me to the show and thank you. I've been a fan um, and that you wanted to hear from me about LGBTQ issues. Um, So pretty much, I mean, inviting people in, um, showing up, listening, learning. I mean, y'all, y'all are doing it. This is a great example of exactly what we want to see is just folks getting to know exactly what it actually is, being a part of the community, showing up, supporting, things like that. You know, it's okay if you don't know everything. That's all right. I don't know everything. You know what I mean? So, I mean, you guys are a pretty good example right now. And uh, I just love this movement um, that we've had and where folks are celebrating LGBTQ folks and inviting them into spaces where they normally would not necessarily be um, addressed directly about those issues, right? Uh, I think criminal defense is kind of a, an interesting area because we deal with juries, right? And I would say maybe when I first started practicing, I would have never thought about 
talking about someone's um, being LGBTQ with a jury panel, but you know, these cases are coming up and those are issues. And I definitely would say um, I've been to trainings where they've said, Hey, let's talk about how we address LGBTQ issues. How do we address pronouns? How do we talk to clients uh, who are, who are transgender? And so uh, what y'all are doing, what it, organizations like the Texas criminal defense lawyers association are doing to try to expand and learn and, and educate other lawyers is exactly what we want. So, yeah. Well, good. Well, you know, if, if uh, uh, Andrew and myself are always, uh, one, happy to help and happy to learn, which is the reason for this podcast. Yeah, the whole reason we do this is because we we need we we need more opportunities to learn stuff. Yeah, and and you know, I don't I don't know. Uh, to to be clear, we wanted you on the show because you're a fantastic lawyer, not a fantastic female lawyer, not a fantastic LGBTQ. I mean, like you're just uh, impressive all around. So right, right. Yeah. So thank you very much, guys. I appreciate that. <laughs> I, I think I actually when I when you know when I when we met and you know and you're like my name's Portia Brown, and I obviously your name is spelled slightly differently than the car, but I was like, yeah, smart, strong, fast, able to get things done. I mean, what a great name for for an attorney, <laughs> right? Yeah, right. I mean, it, it instills this, you know, Andrew. It's a better you know, name than yeah, Andrew. Yeah, yeah. We we're we're losers on that battle. Um, so. You said uh, when when we invited you to be on the show that you want to talk some about your success. We mentioned ours earlier. You said you've had some big wins this year. Tell us about those. Yeah, I definitely want to talk about them because, you know, um, I think all of our office treats one individual attorney's win as office wins. Um, so the ones that I'm about to talk about are not singular. I mean, there are folks that are doing just as great things, bigger things than me. Uh, I think one of our attorneys is picking a picking a jury panel right now. And so we're just we're a big team organization. It's funny, you know, when a public defenders in trial because the entire rows uh, in the courtroom will be stacked with public defenders. Um, so one of the one of the best moments I had recently was a trial back in March. It was aggravated sexual assault of a child under 14, two counts. Um, I had a client who was facing a lot of time. Um, and the state had actually reduced uh, significantly down to the minimum of five years. But my guy said, you know what, Ms. Brown, I didn't do it. I'm not going to say I did something like this. And I was like, I'm, I'm here for it. I support you. He had been in jail for over two years um, and he wanted to go to trial. And I was like, whatever you want to do, I'm here to support you. Um, and he, wow, he just really believed in me. It was, it was quite nice uh, getting to know him because, you know, I, I knew him for more than two years as a client. He spent his entire time in the Harris County Jail um, and he was just great. I mean, he never, ever was stressed out, never, ever was mad, just said, you know what? I believe in God. I believe in, in you. I believe in uh, your office helping me out and, and I want to go to trial. And so we went to trial in one of the district courts here with a judge who, um, had really good rulings. I mean, you know, and you guys know sometimes this, the judges can kind of just try to split the baby. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. And and he wasn't doing that. Um, he is also a part-time military judge. And so his rulings were in accordance with the way it should be. And it really helped out. We were able to get the DNA suppressed. Um, it wasn't a real indication of any DNA. It was going to mess things up with the jury and confuse them, which is why you should not allow it in. Right. Um, the complaining witness did get on the stand and did say everything happened, um, but I cross-examined her for quite a long time. Uh, I don't think she had very much fun, but I was trying to be polite. You know, she is still a 16-year-old, but at the end of the day, um, 
it was terrible investigation. You know, um, the complaining witness was not a strong complaining witness. Um, my client stood, sat there and, you know, stayed calm the entire time. We fought everything. We did a day's worth of pre-trial uh, motions, which I think may always makes the state tired. <laughs> That's why I'm always like, hey, guys, do those pre-trial motions, even if you're not going to win. Address every issue for your appellate record. Um, and we ended up with a not guilty on two counts of a uh, ag sex assault of a child. And so I, I never thought that would be a thing, um, wow. especially because that case comes with so much stigma, right? Especially for men, right? Um, so that was an amazing win. He was actually able to go to immigration court and get out. Um, so wow. he's on an immigration bond right now and it it's just wonderful. So that, that was a, a great career moment for me thus far. Yeah, that's that's one of those you hang on the wall yep. and, and you always hold on to. Um, yeah, you the, should frame that judgment of not guilty for sure. Right. You may have to white <laughs> you may have to white out the guy's name, but that's yeah. um but but yes, in 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 that idea that when one of us goes to trial, there's a group of us um in my office in Tarrant County in the Fort Worth office, uh in the last 45 days, we you know, we I've had two not guilties, but in the middle of that, two of my, two of those guys had a capital murder trial with lesser included and they cleaned the table not guilty on all the counts. Wow. And it, it's truly, you know, you, the whole office, you can see us all walking around a, a little puffed up, right? <laughs> uh, swagger. We, you got some yeah, swagger. We, we got yeah, some yeah. Swagger right now. But when you go in and sit down with an appointed client, who's facing a second degree felony with, with, uh, priors. And so they know, and you can say the office that I, that I'm with, these things have happened. You don't even have to list it and you go, and, and I've earned some of that. And the other guys have earned some of it. You can trust me when I say we're going to do everything we can to legally help you. You can see them relax and go, yeah, they're actually going to do this work. They're not just going to show up and go, yeah, you know, it's it's probably pretty legit. And you know what, Portia, that's a that's a great win. Uh, I'm I'm really proud of you. Happy for your client because um, that those are the I think the hardest cases uh, for defense attorneys, and not only that, but you're so right about the pretrial stuff. Like get that stuff, uh, get, get those motions on file, have the hearings outside the presence of the jury, um, really set up your appellate record just because, you know, a jury has found a client guilty. Doesn't mean that there wasn't some significant error that, that could, that could be overturned. It's really important to, to keep maintaining that. that yeah. That Harmony, Harmony Sherman and I had a, continuous sexual assault of a child completely overturned because they couldn't prove the continuous uh, according to the record. Wow. So, wow. That, that is what, uh, what court of appeals are y'all in up there? Second. Yeah. And most of our second. stuff goes to the second, but like every place else, occasionally stuff will get, Oh yeah. yeah. But basically the second, um, wow. yeah. That's second crazy. or like mine will get sent out to Tyler right. or yeah. Amarillo. That's right. always fun. Um, uh, yeah. Well, congratulations, Portia. That's, that is that's that's a great result for sure. All right, thank you so, so much. One last we have one last pertinent question. If you could change one thing about the criminal uh, justice system, what would it be? Well, I, I saw that question and it it's a it's a heavy question, you know. Well, we we think you're <laughs> of that that magnitude. We, we want we want hard questions. We'll let you list more than one if you if you really can't narrow it down. I'm gonna list more than one. So okay. I appreciate it. <laughs> So, I, I mean, number one, I'm going to go with the timing, right? Um, a lot of my clients, 
they're just, they're sitting around waiting. They're sitting around waiting in the jail. They're sitting around waiting to get magistration uh, orders done. You know, when they first get arrested, they're sitting in a big room for, for two days. You know, they're waiting on the DA to dismiss a case that could have been dismissed six months earlier. It's affecting the, what kind of work they can get. It's affecting what kind of government benefits they can get. And so timing is probably my number one because it's just putting a lot of folks in these uh, these 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 zones where they can't do anything you know that it's harder for them to provide for their families it's harder for them to get things done they're they're sitting in jail because they have an immigration hold for a very long time and so i think that's one of the things that really it gets under my skin because i know the, these things could be moving a lot quicker you know if the state doesn't yeah. have their case on day one they don't have their case and i feel like we're kind of dragging things out and so i would like for that to change i know that's a da issue throughout the state and the country um, but wishful thinking tells me hopefully we'll be able to make significant changes with timing. Right. Yeah. Um, another thing that I would change uh, would, of course, just be. Ethical concerns in general, you know, um, we all know that prosecutor that we we like and we get along with and they dismiss when they can't make their case. Right. We all know that great prosecutor. We, we all know the one that doesn't the one that knows they can't make their case and yet they go forward, right? We all know that defense attorney that never goes to see their clients in jail. We always know that that defense attorney who doesn't read a police report before they go to trial. And so uh, just ethical and, 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 and having pride in the work we do, I would just love to see all of that happen. Uh, thankfully in Harris County, of course, we have folks who do those things well, but it does harm those one, the, the folks that aren't getting that great representation. So I would just love to see those two things change. Um, thankfully, at the Harris County Public Defender's Office, I know our office is also trying to address policy, um, policy changes, and um, both at the Public Defender's Office and the board that I sit on for the Managed Assigned Counsel Office, they all want to work on making defense attorneys and public defenders better at their jobs to help people. So, yeah, yeah, it's not That's that incredible. it's yeah. not that everybody can be above average, but let's raise the average. Right. Let's raise the average. That's a good way of saying it. I, I right. like that. You know, because it's one of those funny deals. If everyone's above average, well, that's not true. It's impossible. Right. Rising tide, rising right. Tide but if we, boats. but if we can raise the average, more people are going to get better representation. Um, and a few cases make a big difference. Uh, sometimes on the way an appeal works, you know, or the rules work. Well, you know, just this uh, this past week, you know, I learned a lot about the standards that a lab has to abide by, or their results are not reliable. I mean, it's we have our rules of professional ethics, but you know, maybe as defense attorneys, we should adopt uh, standards, industry standards for representing indigent people. Right. Um, Portia, I, I've got a question. We're going to move on to some personal questions now. Sure. But let me let me review this. You are an assistant felony chief in a public defender's office for the largest county in the state of Texas, supervising a team of what, eight or nine attorneys. You right. are on the managed assigned counsel board. You mm -hmm. are heavily involved in, I, I forgot what you call it, but the LGBTQ political alliance in Harris County, I believe. Like, when do you find time <laughs> to, like, I don't know, eat lunch or, you know, do anything else? Um, you know, I, I think I'm just one of those people who really gets a lot from helping the community. Um, it's really hard for me to say no. So people know that <laughs> they say, Hey, Porsche, can you help out with this? They know I can't say no. Um, and so honestly, I, I get a lot of joy from it. You know, I wake up knowing, okay, maybe I help someone in some capacity at some point. Um, and so I do a lot of podcasting 
Uh, I listen to a lot of podcasts because that allows me to do other things and still enjoy entertainment. That's why how I ran across y'all's podcast. Um, I do try to in, in include gym time as well as family time. I have a wonderful fiance um, who she is in law school. So I definitely try to uh, make sure things at home are set up for yeah. her to be successful. Um, I don't know anything about property and she keeps asking me about property. <laughs> I don't remember. So uh, just, you know, trying to make sure I still use self-care uh, as much as possible, take care of my family. But, you know, those are the kind of things that I think uh, they make, they make waking up every day fun, you know, just knowing mm. that you're helping out folks and, and doing all those things. And I love all the people that I work with and all those different boards and committees. And I just, I'm glad to be hanging around with folks who are uh, like-minded. So. Right. So, you know, Portia said she has a hard time saying no. Um, I, I kind of in the same way I'm on several officer chains and so forth. But if you want to get to learn from Portia Brown and myself, you can come to the Jolly Roger in Denton on December 15th, sign up through TCDLA because we're both instructors at that, correct? Yes, please yeah. do. And TCDLA is one of my favorite organizations. I have been to Rusty Duncan, their premier uh, annual CLE in the summer. I think I'm on year five. I think this next year will be year six. I just love the the CLEs and the camaraderie that they have and the collaboration. So definitely yep. check out CDLA. Check us out too, you know? Yeah, yeah. The Those opportunities to learn, but it is also those opportunities to network and to find and to hear and to listen and to go, that's the person I need to call if I have a question about yeah. X, Y, Z, right? Right. Because you find out, you know, you're sitting at, at, at a happy hour or at dinner and someone's talking about a case and you're like, I need to pick their brain because they know that subject better than I do. And I've got yeah. that kind of trial and coming up. Nothing reinvigorates me as a defense attorney than Rusty Duncan. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you just 100%. get so fired up. <laughs> 100%. All my All trials right. that are set in July are... Uh, I'm coming for him, you know? So, yeah. Yeah. All right. So let's, let's get to those three usual questions. You've heard, you've heard the podcast before favorite band or musical artist. So thank you guys for asking these questions. They are tough. These are the hardest questions of this entire podcast, but <laughs> I'm going to go with outcast as my favorite artist. Say that one more time. I'm going to go with outcast. Oh yeah. Yeah. Classic. All right. Are you a big boy or Andre 3000 fan? I think I'm a big boy fan. I think he's, he's won me over. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Uh, what about your favorite book or one you just recommend to people or one you're reading currently? And I'm going to break the rules like any public defender or criminal defense attorney would. And I'm going to actually recommend a podcast because that's sweet. Yeah, I can't, I can't read books and do all the things I got to do. So okay. uh, of course I recommend this podcast. Definitely check it out. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> number, number two, I recommend higher learning. Um, it's, it's, uh, it's a wonderful podcast. It started in the pandemic. They address pretty much every single issue that's going on. Um, and they do it in a really fun way. Uh, but they've got two hosts as well. Um, and I've just been a, a proponent of them and they have shows twice a week. So higher learning, great podcasts. I mean, they talk about anything under the sun that you want to hear about. And of course this podcast. <laughs> well, if if you could just get your 10 people in that you uh supervise to say, hey, look, this is this is gonna help you. You know, that, that that's really how we grow. Tell a friend. Right. <laughs> Higher learning. I'm definitely putting that on my queue. All right. So best piece of advice you've been given or that you think you give. 
So my best piece of advice, um, it's actually something small. It's just stay open-minded. Um, you know, staying open-minded when it comes to my work has allowed me to make up really creative motions, really creative arguments in front of judges, in front of juries, and negotiations to the state. Just staying open-minded, looking outside the box, um, thinking about what new things can be done. Um, and that goes in my personal life as well as my professional life, you know, just staying open-minded, say yes to something, you know, instead of saying no, just, just stay open-minded, stay flexible. Um, it's the best advice I've, I've received. And I think that I've given. I love that. Portia, if any of our listeners want to reach out to you, have any questions about how to successfully defend really serious felony cases or anything else, um, that they, they won't contact of, us. That guarantee that <laughs> we're, we're happy about our DWI uh, results, you know. Um, uh, anyways, what, how can they how can they reach out to you? How can they contact you? Absolutely. So they can contact me um, through the Harris County Public Defender's Office. If you Google us, you should be able to find my contact information there, like my email or my, or my uh, cell phone number, as well as at any TCDLA event. Um, anyone there can give you my contact information too. I would love to see some of the listeners at our um, CLE here in December, as well as any other ones that we're at. Um, and I just thank you guys for your time. And I'm I'm so pumped that I got to be on this podcast. So yeah. Yeah. We're pumped too. Yeah. yeah this truly, has been great. Really, this has been fun. And, and uh, thank you for, for coming up and introducing yourself this summer to us and then agreeing to be on the podcast. You've been an excellent guest. You know, I, that's a, every time we talk to somebody that is, that is saying, Hey, I, I'm a listener. I really, you know, I think you guys should talk about this. They end up being a guest. I love those episodes. We learned <laughs> so much, talk to different people. So please, if you want to, if you just have a topic you want us to talk about, you don't have to be a guest, but we will probably convince you to come onto the show. Uh, <laughs> please let us know. Also, you know, just like Portia, if you have some wins that you want to highlight that you just want us to talk about, we should start celebrating that I yeah. think, on these shows. Um, and not just you, you, you know, our wins, like right. other people's wins would be Wait, great. Wait, other people win too? Oh, they, man, they win yeah. a lot more than we do. We'll start dropping the all we do is win. win, win. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Maybe we should change the intro song. No. Okay. I'm I I'm playing the intro song. You can't take that off. We'd have to pay other people money. So for Andrew Harris, I'm Andrew Decker. And for Andrew Decker, I'm Andrew Harris. Y'all be good.